0: Welcome to Turtle Tracks Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Van Hooker, and I'm here with the artist Guy Gilchrist. How are you doing
1: today? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you doing?
0: Good. Uh, so, for those who don't know, uh, Guy did a lot of turtle artwork back in the day with uh, a lot of children's books, a lot of books that you probably know from your childhood. Um, and I guess I want to start, though, before uh, before Turtles, um, what got you into uh, into art, Guy? Uh,
1: well, uh, it was sort of from the get-go. Um... Uh, my mom was a single mom, and uh, she was a really good artist. Uh, she liked cartooning, but of course, you know, in the 1950s and 60s, uh, you know, if you were a woman, uh, you know, you really couldn't be, uh, you know, a cartoonist, you know, for Disney or Walter Lantz or or anything. You know, you, you worked in the ink and paint department, and of course, she was a single mom anyway, with another one on the way, you know and so you know she worked in a diner in a little town called winstead connecticut and uh daycare you know child care in those days was take your kid to work and hope you don't get fired you know <laughs> and uh so she would uh we were very poor of course we didn't know it and uh, because she made every day wonderful for me and she drew circles you know she would show me that the characters that we would look at in golden books um which was all we could afford you know were golden books or the free you know funnies that came with the paper every day in the uh in the di- at the diner you know um she would show me the circles and then she'd say here draw this meaning draw every single thing you know it was keeping me busy and uh by the time i was about three years old it was such a tiny little town that she would let me walk down the street we didn't have a TV. And I would look in the appliance store window and watch Walter Lance and Woody Woodpecker and Chili Willie. Uh, and before he would show his cartoons, he was the greatest man. He was the greatest, by the way. And he would show you how to draw his characters. And sometimes he'd take you back in the production place and show you all the people that were drawing it. And that was how I got my start. And by the way, when I was 10 years old, um, I nailed all of my artwork to walter lance i took months and months you know drawing the very best i could i was only 10 and you know that that great man wrote me back and he said guy you're trying really hard and at 10 years old you have a lot of talent and someday if you keep on trying that hard son you're going to become a famous cartoonist and that was it for me
0: wow that's amazing who, which was your favorite car, uh, comics to emulate from the the, the papers?
1: Um, I, I really loved uh, uh, I, I really loved the way that Floyd Gottfredson uh, did uh, Mickey Mouse back when Mickey Mouse was sort of an adventure strip, you know, before they domesticated him. <laughs> I loved the adventures, and I loved to copy that. And of course, Walt Kelly. Oh my gosh, you know, Pogo was so big to me uh because it was Disney, but it was so much more you know there were amazing environments and and stuff, and I learned so much from you know from Walt Kelly
0: oh wow, very cool i uh and i I, I think I read somewhere that you grew up was it down the street from John O'Hurley yeah,
1: yeah. Um, uh, it's funny, you know. I saw John. Uh, I'd never met him, and we did uh, the um, uh, Northeast Comic Con together uh, a few months ago in Boston. Uh, Gary Summer Show. and uh, and John and I, uh, you know, Giant. By the way, I'm sure that John and I, you know, are just totally locked in on this Red Sox thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we. It turned out that we grew up. Uh, just about uh, like two, three miles from each other. We went to the same, uh, you know, we went to the same hangouts and all that kind of stuff, and we wound up having so much to talk about, you
0: know. Oh, cool! I just, uh, I actually just finished working with him on a, or started hopefully uh, on a pilot we filmed, so he was starring in that. So he's a, he's a great guy, very he's talented. An
1: awesome, guy he's great, yeah. Just, just incredibly nice to, you know, just to to everyone, everyone. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, it's 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 so important, you know. Um, uh, you know, most of the folks that I wind up, you know, uh, being very friendly with that I meet on the road really are that way. You know, where, you know, they're not just pretending, you know, to be nice because you're paying them for an autograph or a photo op. They really are nice.
0: Yeah, I found that, too. Like, I had a bunch of people working on this set. They were like, you know, he doesn't come with a crew of people that, like... Cater to his every whim. He's just a pretty humble guy, which is very cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, and he's a and he's quite a Renaissance man, you know. Um oh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, you you look at everything, uh, you know, that he's done. You know, uh, you know, from Shakespeare to Monty Python, right?
0: Oh yeah, and Chicago and everything else.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Cool dude. Um. Okay. That's getting close. Um. So. um, Really, I'll want warn you up front. Really, I'll probably end up talking to you about Jim Henson just as much as I will the Turtles, um, because it's such a huge influence to me. And um, so how did you come to work for Jim Henson?
1: Well, it's a really long story that that I'm going to try to condense and, uh, you know, and and definitely um you know i mean i've answered this question a whole bunch of times obviously and uh and if you ever come and meet me you know at the at the cons and stuff and you have other questions about it but i'll try to be as brief as i can okay sure okay here we go uh so of course i was a huge muppets fan Uh, i you know they actually had a muppets fan club and i was in it you know And, uh, and of course I thought of Jim Henson as the Walt Disney of my generation. Um, well, um, unbeknownst to me, Jim was, had been looking for two years to find uh, a writer and an artist, uh, or someone that did both that would be able to take over the Muppet show on a daily basis and make it into a newspaper comic strip because, he wanted to eventually retire the show from it being a daily, you know, I mean, a weekly TV show, and then, and concentrate on, you know, the movies, and, and of course give you the Muppets in movies and Miss Piggy specials and all that kind of stuff. Well, of course, I had no idea about this because I was just a kid. And, um, you know, so I was like 21 when he started looking, you know, and uh, but when he started looking, he signed a deal with King Features and they were, you know, they still are, uh, you know, the biggest comic strip distributor in the world. And they, you know, they do Disney and all of that. And, and, of course, my, he became my mentor and the person that discovered me, Mort Walker, who just passed away. He was like a father to me. You know, that's Beetle Bailey and High and Lois and lots of things. Oh, yeah. And anyway, um, so, uh, Mort had invested a lot of his own money and had opened a museum of cartoon art right on the Connecticut, uh, New York line. And when I found out about it, um, reading one of his books uh, about uh, the comic strip business I was there all the time and they had a program where they used to have a famous cartoonist that would come every Sunday first Sunday of every month and talk and sometimes for one reason or another they couldn't be there so they'd use someone local and uh, to do the talk and now they thought I was local even though I lived almost two hours away in the poor side of Connecticut um, uh, but they, I was around there so much they thought that I was local and I wound up doing um, entertaining people, you know, teaching kids how to draw, the pizza, the adults how to draw and all of that stuff. And Mort saw me do my show one time and he said, you know, you're really good, uh, but uh, there's just one problem. No one knows who the heck you are and what the heck you do. And he said, I don't either. And he, uh, ostensibly told me to, uh, have a one man show down there. Uh, I was doing a comic book for a weekly reader called Super Colonel. It was a funny animal comic. And he said, we're going to schedule you, you know, to do a talk and bring your artwork down. So I put my artwork up. And he remembered the artwork. And one day he was playing golf with the head of King Features. And, and Bill Yates, the head of King Features, was telling Mort that they were about to lose the development deal with the Muppets because they had tried out like 200 people and Jim and Michael Frith didn't like anyone and he just said, these guys are crazy you know, we can't find anybody and Mort said, oh that's a frog and a pig, right? (laughs) and Bill goes, yeah he says, well, there's this hippie kid you know, draws funny animals and anyway, that's how I got uh, my tryout and uh and i wrote it and i drew it and i'm sure i did a terrible job but i tried real hard and bill liked it enough to send it over and i'm gonna try to cut to the chase here um about halfway through a year of me just drawing it for free at night while i was working for weekly reader during the day uh i got to meet michael k frith who became everything to me, you know, drawing-wise, you know, because remember, there were no p- drawings of the Muppets back then. There was nothing. If Michael had done it, it existed. But Michael drew in a blue pencil, you know, and designed the characters with Jim and all of that. And um, so I was really kind of, you know, working blind and and watching the show and trying to draw real fast, you know. And, uh, but I, um, eventually I met Michael and he liked what I did and liked the idea that I wasn't keeping them confined to the, you know, uh, the the, the theater. And I was really trying to write a strip. And eventually, after a year, Jerry Jewell, the head writer, uh, called me kind of out of the blue. And just started talking about story ideas. And I said, Mr. Jewell, this is like the greatest thing. uh, that You're talking to me and everything. But why are you talking to me? He says, well, didn't Michael call you? I said, no. He says, oh, you've had the job for like a month. <laughs> and I'm like, die- I'm dying, right? And then I have to pretend to be a grown-up whose, like, greatest miracle of all time, you know, happens every day. And just start talking to Jerry Jewell, the head writer, about the strip. And that was it. And a couple of months later, you know, I got to meet Jim. And... You know, I loved Jim, and Jim loved me. I was the youngest guy. Me and Steve Whitmire were like the youngest people Jim ever hired. And 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 you know, and and why Jim hired me, you know, the person with the least experience, I'll never know. Maybe it was just because we all loved well, Kelly and Poco. I don't know. Um, but Jim gave me, you know, the keys to the kingdom, and Michael taught me everything, and Jerry. You know, taught me everything, and I owe it all to God and to my dear, dear friend Jim
0: Henson, who saw something in me. So, with what was he like to work with, Jim Henson?
1: Like, what was his presence like? Boss, he was the greatest boss um, because he didn't tell you what to do. Um, He was a man of very few words, and incredibly focused. And so when you got an opportunity to, you know, to talk with him directly, uh, it was, you know, not very long, but it was incredibly engaged, totally focused, and incredibly meaningful. And, you know, and I was young, and so, uh, you know, and so Jim and Frank Oz and Jerry, and Michael, you know, approved every single storyline, every joke we wrote, everything, everything, everything. And, but Jim would leave me messages from London, uh, you know, in the nighttime. I had that answering machine. And if I came in in the morning and I saw that red light blinking, it was probably Jim. And, you know, and, and, you know, he would make it a point uh, to call me. And of course, You know, there was a lot of pressure, you know. I was only 23 years old, you know, 24, when the strip finally came out. And it was the biggest comic strip launch in the history of comics. And it was the only comic that, when you read a joke here in the United States, you read the same one in, like, Yugoslavia and Iceland and, and, you know, everywhere all over the world. It had never been done before, but Jim believed that we were all equal, you know. And he wanted that love and that silliness, you know, to be all around the world at the same time, just like the show was. And, you know, and, and, and the pressure, you know, on me was unbelievable, but the joy and the giving, and he was just the greatest. Like I said, he wouldn't tell you what to do. He knew that that I wanted to please him. And so I worked so hard to, to make sure that um, his faith in me uh you know uh that i i that I, I i deserved it in some way you know
0: that's amazing i like it's just nobody i admire more personally that's just influenced who i am as a writer and everything he's just an incredible part
1: well you know it's a great guy to admire um because uh because there was no one more focused uh you know no uh, i mean what a visionary in in every way and uh you know and and jim was a workaholic you know and and he had so many ideas you know i mean you know he the stuff that he created you know and the way that he lived his life you know he lived three lifetimes you know in that very short time oh yeah and the stuff that he did lasts forever and you know and and you know folks always you know ask me about him and um and and people thank me you know for carrying on you know uh, his characters you know and but what i like to tell folks is well i appreciate it you know carrying on his characters and but you know what's really important is that we carry on his character his kindness his compassion his belief in equality for all creatures whether you're a frog a pig or a (laughs) gonzo
0: What was it like working with uh, Jerry Jewell? Like, what was the process?
1: Well, Jerry, um, actually, uh, the process was really kind of super simple. Um, uh, Well, uh, Jerry and I uh, spent, uh, you know, hours the very first week or so uh, talking. And then he kind of said, man you got the gist you know like you understand the characters you know i'm a writer brian yeah you know, i'm a writer who hires the cheapest illustrator he can find <laughs> you know i never work on characters unless i'm writing them you know mm. and um and so i really tried to understand the characters and jerry was very open and so was frank uh uh you know and i didn't work with frank very much but i got a lot of notes from frank you know telegrams and things like that um but you know but jerry and i you know kind of spent uh you know a few hours uh you know over the phone and uh and only one time in person uh you know talking 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 about stuff and that was it and then i would do the comics i would write them and i had my brother brad as my assistant and he would write some and he colored the sunday pages for me and we would write the stuff and then we would send it it was a very convoluted uh system after we wrote the stuff because um, it would have to go to about five different people at henson including jim you know frank oz michael frith uh the head of uh publishing. Uh, Jane Leventhal and to Jerry and uh, and then uh, and then it would go to King so we were you know so sometimes we'd be waiting you know like weeks or months you know to hear whether this stuff was was you know was was approved um, and then after about two years uh, of, of doing that or maybe a year and a half um Jim knew how frustrating I was you know was because I was trying to you know write a daily strip that had a daily deadline and of course you know everybody's so busy and and we you know sometimes struggle to get you know the approvals and it'd be you know finally they go oh yeah 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 we approved that didn't we call you you know and meanwhile I'm on like pins and needles you know and I'm trying to also you know just you know and I'm trying to appease you know king features you know because they're going like where's the strip where's the strip where's the strip and uh, anyway after about two years jim uh reached out to me and i went up to toronto uh where they were filming in this piggy special it was the one that had george hamilton and john ritter in it
0: is that the um, one with tony clifton
1: yeah 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 and um well the big luau you know the big luau one with george hamilton and stuff that it was that.
0: i think so yeah i think it's the same one i'm talking about
1: okay Um, so anyway, cause I didn't meet Tony Clifton. It was, you know, I met George and, and what an awesome dude and, and John Ritter. Oh my God. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, but, um, where was I going? Oh yeah. So, uh, Jim had me come up there and that was where they filmed Fraggles to Channel nine, um, studios in Toronto. And lunchtime Jim came in the sound room with me and it was just me and him. And he told me uh, he understood how frustrating it was, and you know, with all the approval processes, and, and that he put both of his hands, he cupped my hand, both of his hands, and he said, "Guy, you understand these characters as well as anybody, and now they're yours." Wow. That was it. And I mean, I'm almost crying now thinking about that moment.
0: Wow, that's a pro. Forever. Forever, man. Yeah. Yeah, Forever. Was there like a... And is there still, like, is there a trick to drawing puppets? Because, I mean, like, if you look at... I, I, I can imagine part of the reason why it was so hard to find the right person is because, like, you know, you're drawing these things that they don't really smile or blink or anything like that. Like, is there a certain well, trick to... I,
1: yeah, I get, I, I get what you're talking about. And yeah, yeah. Um, well, the thing was that when we first started remember there were there was no art okay there was nothing yeah and michael you know and 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 michael was designing all this stuff and um you know but as puppets and but and michael's drawings of the puppets you know are if you look up michael k frith you know pencils on on uh, google or something he'll be gone away michael is a genius and but you know michael at first was uh, was blue lining me, which means, you know, bringing me back to model, um, uh, based on, you know, the puppets. And eventually, uh, we realized, um, I kept asking, you know, once I started getting comfortable with drawing them, uh, as, as puppets, um, you know, we, we, we realized, you know, we, we had a, an entire marching band in a phone booth, okay? Um, because remember, the show has sound, songs voices tons of action color and we didn't yeah you know and so eventually michael let me kind of you know little by little really take a rip you know and start you know chuck jones in it you know like like me creating them as true as characters, cartoon characters, so that I could exaggerate, you know, everything so that we could get the emotion, you know, of the voices and everything you know, because, you know, because we weren't getting this, right? And we weren't going to be getting ah, (laughs) waka waka, right? All it said was, waka waka
0: Right.
1: Hi ho, and welcome to the Muppet Show. So we had to get that color and that and, and the voices and the action and the fun into the drawing. So, you know, so really after about, you know, the second year, you know, you really start seeing a major change, you know, in the art where um, where I was getting super comfortable, Jim was comfortable, everyone was comfortable.
0: Oh, cool. Who's your, uh, I- I'm curious, who's your favorite
1: Muppet to draw?
0: Or maybe just personality-wise too?
1: Well, my favorite Muppet to draw... Is always the one I'm drawing at that very moment because it's the only one that matters. Mm. Um, that's my favorite. My favorite character is the one I'm drawing at that very moment because it's the only one that matters, and I mean that sincerely. Um, because it's it's you know you you're in you know you're in the moment, and if you if you focus on being the very best that you can be at that moment, um, then you know, and then all of those moments add up into thousands and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of drawings and stories, and eventually it all works, you know? Uh, but my favorite Muppet uh, as a child uh, and my favorite Muppet going into, uh, before I worked for Jim, was always Rolf. Rolf the Hey! <laughs> uh, because, you know, Rolf really is. Uh, the center of uh, the universe He's a renaissance dog He'll tell you uh, that himself And please uh, tip The piano player um, Yeah, Rolf was my favorite Because, you know, he was the very first Muppet That had uh, a weekly spot on the television Jimmy Dean show Jimmy Dean, yeah Hey, Brian, you're good
0: <laughs> Well, uh, that that's also my favorite Muppet is Rolf well. Yay! <laughs> I've heard, and I, maybe you can help confirm this: is that in personality he was the most similar to Jim?
1: Yeah, I, I well, um, I think that I think whenever I think of Jim, I think of both of them. Hmm. Um. I, uh, because, uh, because you know, uh, you know, Jim could be, uh, Jim could be uh, a lot. Sillier with Walt, you know, Hmm. um, uh, you know, uh, then, you know, then with, you know, then with, with Kermit. And, you know, and Kermit is Jack Benny. Okay. Sure. Folks, if you're, if you're really young, go look him up because you won't be sorry. Um, uh, you know, Kermit is Jack Benny, meaning that, you know, he's trying his best, you know, to keep his cool while insanity is all around him, just like, you know, on the Jack Benny show, how everyone's nuts. Sure. You know, <laughs> and, and making, you know, and making Jack nuts, And, of course, you know, Kermit has in, his idiosyncrasies and everything. But I think that the spiritual side, um, the spiritual side, um, and also the management, you know, side, production side of Jim was Kermit. Mm. but I think that the really fun, oh, let's all go for it and let's get paid, you know? Yeah. And and take on the world kind of thing was wrong. Oh, cool. You know, yep, yep, yep.
0: You know, it's funny. There's such a common subjects that come up. Uh, I spoke to Ken Mitroni, who was an early Turtles artist, and we talked about Jack Benny for half the episode (laughs) and probably (laughs) remember to get back to Turtles. (laughs) Uh, speaking of which, uh, so how did you end up in the uh, in the turtle realm?
1: Well, we had uh, I was working with Random House. Uh, Robert Purcell was uh, the editor over there of uh, the children's division, and uh, you know, and Random House was our uh, publisher uh you know for uh for the muppets and then uh and of course the fraggles and uh uh and i was like you know the very first like fraggle you know illustrated by you know because michael you know would draw them and created them with jim and uh and then uh they were you know it, it was sent on to me like right away uh and then of course i was instrumental you know in the creation of the babies you know and um, and so we were doing, you know, the babies and the Muppets and, and Fraggles. And also sort of on the side, uh, I was always working on Looney Tunes, and, which was really fun for me, too. And anyway, so we had a deal with uh, Random House because by then, of course, you know, I wasn't just doing the strip. Uh, I was doing, you know, every toy and every, you know, every puzzle and every lunchbox and everything that I possibly could. Uh, You know in all the children's books and stuff, you know with random house uh, you know for Jim and I you know and we were just you know and and I would hire people and hire more people and more people But I always had a hand in every single thing that I did because it had to be as good as it possibly could be You know for Jim and I was also writing my own children's books by then and working with random house and all that on all of that and so Roberta and I would almost have weekly conversations and one of the things that, because I had so many people that were helping me and they were all top of the line amazing people, um, she would call me and when they got a new character license in that was going to have a television show or movie or something, she would basically always call me first and ask me if I wanted to take on the project and, um, and I was always very picky. Uh, about the projects that I did because I wanted them all uh, you know to be uh, to have a certain uh, vibe to them you know uh, that was you know unconventional families possibly um, some fam- good family values um, you know certain silliness to them uh, you know but a sweetness and a morality you know to whatever we did uh, because that was very important to me you know kindness and compassion you know Um, you know, my thing is always, you know, uh, world peace through cartoons, puppets, and rock and roll. Why not, right? (laughs) Um, so, uh, anyway, she calls me up. She says, Guy, you're not going to believe this. I says, what? She says, Guy, I haven't even seen this yet, but I had to call you. She's laughing her butt off, right? She says, Guy, guess what? Just came across my desk as a new character. I said, what? She says, teenage, Mutilated Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? And of course, you know, there was like, cab- cab- what was it, garbage mail kids and stuff? Yep. There was like gross stuff out there, right? And, uh, and we're laughing. I mean, and she's going, get this, get this, get this. They live in a sewer. Their <laughs> boss is a rat. They eat pizza. Oh my God. I'm going, honey, I'm jumping off the bus, right? And we just laughed. And anyway, hung up the phone, and the way I remember it anyway, I don't know how long it really was, because I was real busy and everything, but anyway, this makes for a really good story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I mean, you know, history is written by, you know, old people like me that remember it the way they want Sure. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, the phone rang uh, one morning, and it was my private line, and no one had that you know, except like my family and Jim and Michael and stuff and uh, Roberta probably and anyway, but no one had it and you know, and my studio was in my house. It was a wing of my house and um, anyway, the phone rang and it was a guy from Jersey and he goes, I heard you told me down." I'm like, what is this, the mob? Like, I didn't say that. Like, excuse me? Wait a minute. Wait, I'm still waking up, right? I'm like, He goes, I heard you turn me down. I mean, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, man, what's what's up with this, right? And I hope I didn't turn the mob down. I don't need them knocking at my door or something. He's already got my private number. What's going on here? And I go, excuse me, uh, who who are you? Because I'm the turtle guy. You know, the turtles, you know, the, the, you know the ninja turtles, I went, wait a second, you mean the mutilated turtles in the sewer? And he goes, no, 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 dude, dude, they're the, the not, the, maybe he didn't say dude, I don't know, they a you know, Polly, look, 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 no, 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 they're not mutilated, they're mutated, okay, you know, like, you know, like the little dude, You know, like the little guy, like on My Favorite Martian, (laughs) 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 it's Bill Pixie, he means Bill Pixie, okay, for all of you young kids that don't know what My Favorite Martian is, and then, of course, he's the Hulk, right, he turns into the so he goes, you know, like the little guy, you know, like on My Favorite Martian, you know, and he gets all upset, and then he turns into this green Arnold Schwarzenegger guy, you know, like that, like he's a mutated guy. Like that's it, they're little tiny little cute little turtles and then they turn into big cute little turtles, you know? And they go and they fight crime. It's cool. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, okay. Alright. Uh uh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And anyway, he he says, Come on, come on, come on, you know, you know you're the guy. I mean, you know and anyway, uh he asked if he could send me over storyboard. And, um, because they had, like, four shows, I think, that they had, you know, gotten a deal on. Uh, like. yeah, the original f- uh, five
0: episodes, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, right, right. So, the, it was like a pilot. Yep. And, and anyway, it turned out that he, he worked for, uh, you know, Mirage uh, Studios and Playmates. you know. He was one of the guys that you know, that was doing the, the, the toys and stuff, right? And he wanted to be an awesome guy, you know? And I knew a lot of guys like that, you know, being, you know, I've worked in New York for 30 some odd years, you know. I know a lot of guys like that, all real good guys. And you know what? Uh, he sent me over the storyboard, I read it, and he sent me calculations of the you know, story arcs and stuff like that. And I looked at it and I said, you know, I really like these guys. And, okay, let's give it a shot. And, um, Uh, you know, and then I found out why, you know, because no one ever calls you like when you turn something down. It's the only time it ever happened to me. Mm. Um, here's the reason why, um, basically, um, you know, they were going into the realm of, you know, toys and merchandising and, and, and television shows and all of this stuff. And that was my world. And I was sort of at the very top of it, you know, with, we were doing all of that. And, uh, you know, and I think that they just figured, man, if Warner Brothers and Disney and Henson and everybody, you know, hands their stuff over to this guy, let's try to get our stuff handed over to this guy. And, you know, cause I never met Kevin and, and Peter, eventually I met Kevin. And, um, uh, but, uh, the other thing was that the deadline on these books was insane. Like. You know, we had the first four books, you know, like, uh, it was like, you know, The Magic Crystal and Shrinking Turtle, you know, and, and, uh, Return of Shredder and stuff like that. Um, uh, and the, it, you know, it was like, just a couple of weeks of book and so Tom Brenner uh, wrote, was my coloring partner forever you know we painted everything together Tom and I worked our tails off you know painting those covers and everything do you know that we didn't even know what color they were like, we'd be <laughs> on the phone with them saying like okay the guy with the big stick <laughs> okay what color is this dude you know and, and stuff like that okay I mean, no one had ever painted the characters there was no color anything remember because the books were like yeah around. yeah so it was like no color anything so i guess i was probably the first guy that ever painted the turtles you know and and anyway we you know uh you know tom and i painted those covers you know the very best that we could and then we got amazing people like kurt swan uh gil fox frank mclaughlin like the best uh to work on the the interiors of that stuff with me and we were getting scripts and synopsises of scripts, and we were editing them. I was just editing them myself and, you know, and, and cutting them up and turning them into children's books and adding words and doing this and doing that because we just had to get the books out at the very same time, you know, that the, the toys came out and the show came out, you know. And uh, anyway, uh, I'm glad you all liked it because we tried real hard, but boy, you know, uh, no wonder they were calling me and calling me and calling me because those deadlines darn near killed all of us.
0: <laughs> and then it came about so quickly with everything for turtles, like they just sort of like came out of nowhere and were really like an overnight success in a lot of ways.
1: Oh yeah, and, you know, and and uh, the artwork that we did for those covers, you know, uh, that got used on like everything, you know, notebooks and I mean everything there was, right? Posters. Oh yeah, and on and on and on, and you know, Mirage was just—they were awesome about that kind of stuff, you know. Um, uh, because uh, for as long as I ever worked with them, I'll tell you, they were a totally class organization. Because um, we did Moon Mesa for them too, you know. Later on, uh, Dave Dave Brown, you know, made up Moon Mesa, and uh, we we did that stuff too. Um, but um, they were a total class operation in that, you know. Uh, you know, like that, you know, that Raphael cover, you know, that like everybody loves, right? Yep.
0: You know, the like jumping. Did, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that got reproduced like, you know, hundreds of times, you know, like on everything. And, do you know, every single time they would use it, they'd call us up, tell us, you know, which products they were using, uh, cut us a check. Oh, wow. You know, cut, the check, cut the check. Oh, they were awesome, you know. And, and it was just, you know, it was a time. You know, back then, and I will tell you, folks, all of you folks that are listening, do you know that I never signed a contract with any of those guys? Oh, wow. I never asked how much we were getting paid. I, I, I looked at what we were doing, uh, whether I wanted to do it or not. Then uh, I would shake hands. I would give my word. They would give their word, and off we would rock. And you know what? things worked out very very well it was a different time uh... you know it was a different time and uh... uh... you know and it's one of the reasons i think i've had you know just the most blessed and amazing you know life uh... not just career but you know life you know because it's my heart man, you know, all the stuff you know and um, uh... you know but i mean in these days of you know all the corporations and stuff you know owning everything um you know they still just you know if they if i'm at a con or something whether it's disney universal whoever it is warner Brothers they, they swap by shake my hand and say it's a pleasure to meet you mr gilchrist you know but you know it because i guess you know i shook hands with bob clampett yeah. you know i shook hands with jim and frank and you know and and chuck jones and on and on and on you know and and you know and they they turned those incredible characters over to me and you know what um and uh, you know they may have left this planet uh you know but they never let me go you know they never fired me so i'm still on the case and i'm still <laughs> representing them and i hope i'm representing all of those guys uh you know the way that they want to and finally i met kevin you know i don't know it was about eight years ago maybe something like that mm. Um, I was going in to do a panel. I know it was in, the, in Indianapolis. And I was going in to do a panel, you know, about my life and stuff. And Kevin was had just done one. And he was coming. I didn't even know Kevin was there, you know, because we're always slammed, right? We're just like meeting you guys, right? So, sure. You know, um, sometimes I don't even know who's around. And anyway, I went, man, is that Kevin Eastman? And at the second I'm saying that, he goes, excuse me, are you guys going first? Now, remember i had never met him so if he didn't like what i was doing he could have punched me in the mouth sure (laughs) (laughs) i mean right you know really and anyway you know he he was incredibly gracious you know gave me a hug you know and said thanks for everything you did man you know um and it was kind of like you know i know you know i know i know know. you know we kind of bailed him out right you know he's like thank you so much for doing all of that stuff and and, uh, you know, and he, you know, he talked about those covers, you know, and how cool they were and, you know, how he's kept them, you know, in a thing he calls his treasure chest, you know, like the, his favorite stuff, you know, the turtles all these years. It meant the world to me.
0: Those covers are really, memorable. I, I mean, like, and so for the people listening, like those covers that you saw as a kid, like the ones you talked about, Magic Crystal, Shrinking Turtles, I forget which one, I think it was Return of Shredder. The one where Donnie is holding the bat, the 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 bow like a baseball bat, and his tongue is out. Something about that image just sort of stuck with me forever, and it's one of my favorite turtle drawings ever. Thank you. Yeah, and I'll tell
1: you, and I'll tell you, I'll will tell you a funny one. Sure. I, think, I don't know if it was Kevin, his wife, or somebody else in his group that told me this, but the Donnie one that you're talking about. Remember, I told you, right? I don't even know how color these guys. <laughs> so I'm writing down, you know, okay uh you know yellow orange you know for the dude you know (laughs) for this dude and you know okay you know the guy with the little swords you know (laughs) know. i mean honestly it's like and i'm on the phone like and we're painting this stuff right and so they're going oh and they're all green and then they got like you know yellow uh, da da da, and their you know, and their belts are this color and everything, and then whatever color their mask is, you know, that's you know all their pads and everything are that same color. Okay, okay, okay. So, and and dude, remember, I'm, we're painting this stuff, and it's airbrush. It's like 20 coats of paint on this stuff, and you know, and I'm, we're like going nuts, all night, all night, all night. Anyway, so we're mailing in the covers as we finish them, and I think we finished two at the same time. And anyway, so we send him in, and one is the Donnie cover, and I forget what the other one was, and then the phone rings. And it's Roberta, and she says, hey, guy, uh, the guys from Mirage just uh, came all over, you know, they just came down the road, it's all over New York City. And he's the wrong shade of green. <laughs> I'm like, What? What? And, you know, and I could just imagine, you know, my buddy from Jersey going, look, oh, uh, look, uh, look, call guy because he's going to be ticked off. I don't want to talk to him when he's ticked off, okay? You know, so they call me up and they go, guy, can you just spray it lighter, uh, uh, darker, you know, because it's like avocado. I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? Really? So anyway, and I'm going, no, we, we can't. You know, it had so many, you know, uh, so many layers of paint you, you couldn't, or it would have just cracked off. And um, so just overnight, Tom and I, you know, repainted the entire cover. Well, somebody told me that that original, that was the wrong color, that it got auctioned off a few years ago for thirty five grand. Good Lord. Yeah, thanks for the chat. Kevin said the same thing. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Thanks for the check, guys. Right, you know. Appreciate it. Love you too.
0: <laughs> well, the crazy you thing know. is too, like those those early. I mean, like the toys and stuff. The merchandising was all different colors, but like in the cartoon and on your shirt, like it's all the same green. They're all they're all just straight green. So that must have been oh, yeah. mind numbing. And now,
1: and now, was basically what we were told was, you know. Uh, that everyone was basically, you know, the, 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 you know, the same color. And, um, you know, because remember, there was nothing. Yeah. You know, so anyway, uh, it's funny now, you know, it would have been nice to even get 10% of that, you know, check. Uh, but <laughs> I gotta say, you know, those covers, you know, that we did, you know, like I said, Mirage, amazing. But I'll tell you, um, so we we're over in Dubai. I'm over in Dubai last year, right? And I'm with uh, Tariq Turgain, who uh, is a singer over there, has his own television station and all that stuff. And Tariq sang the Turtle Song over there in Arabic, okay? And so we're both saying at the same hotel, and it was like we were the Beatles or something. It was insane. So... Um, But anyway, uh, so me and him are hanging out in the Luka Lounge and his family, who are all the most beautiful women and uh, and men you've ever seen, they're all actors and singers and stuff, and absolutely gorgeous. You know, he doesn't speak, he's Egyptian. He don't speak a word of English, I don't speak a word of Egyptian. And so they're translating for us for two hours, you know, and we just have our hand on each other's hand and we're chatting because he was also a very frequent guest on Arabic uh, Sesame Street, you know, so... Uh, you know, we had been, you know, working together for 30 years and not even knowing it, you know. Anyway, I had a wonderful time. But we start seeing hundreds of people lining up all through the bar, you know, all like, you know, holding their breath, you know, waiting for us to get up, like not wanting to disturb us. But, but, but. Anyway, we finally get up and I look around and you know that, that Raphael, uh, you know, Return of the Shredder cover, right? There's like a hundred different items that are all made like I never saw them in my life, and and it's all the same picture. <laughs> and everybody's got you know their their coffee mugs and their shirts and their backpacks and everything with the, that picture on it and the Donnie picture and all the you know the the Mikey one, all of them, right? On everything, on everything, you know. Thanks Nickelodeon or Universal whoever owns the, you know this now, you know. We really appreciate it. <laughs>
0: I remember that Raphael stood, uh, I used to, I, I, every year I go to Ocean City, Maryland, and they, uh, there's these pizza restaurants down there called uh, Dough Roller, and I remember there used to be a neon sign of that Raphael hanging in there since I was a kid. I don't know if it's uh, there
1: anymore. Gosh, I would have loved to see
0: it That was cool. It's one of those, like, iconic turtle images. And I, actually, I remember, I think my favorite thing, at least one of the things that has stuck with me the most, it was like, and it's weird because it's just a postcard book, but there was a book of postcards. That was all your turtle artwork, I think, or at least most.
1: Yeah, greetings, greetings from the sewer,
0: right? Yeah, and it's just this great collection of like kind of all the stock art of the time of the turtles by you. It's great. And
1: well, the okay, hang, hang. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So Roberta calls me up and says, basically, we have like three days to get this postcard book. (laughs) And she says, oh, and just use all the artwork you know that you did for the all the books. And here was the problem. When you shrunk some of them down, it didn't look
0: good. Oh.
1: And so we had to redraw half that book. Oh. um, Like, you know, and we had to call her up and say, you know, look, Walt Disney said it's kind of fun to do the impossible, but Roberta, this, uh, I can't turn it around in two days. I was explaining, you know, what was going on. So, um, you know, so half of it, uh, you know, half of it we could uh you know use um uh we what we would do is uh the way that we did the interiors of that was we would do the black line uh and we did this for a reason we did the black line on vellum okay that would get transferred over to like a cell over to acetate and then we would uh do all of the uh uh, the, uh, the color backgrounds and the color of the characters and everything, the color illustration part, uh, on, uh, bristle board, airbrushed and stuff and washed. A- except for the covers, those were done, you know, at, right as they were, uh, exactly. Um, so, uh, what we wound up doing was on some of the pages we could use the color, um, as it was, but a lot of times we had done the, the color, uh, so, uh, So heavily that when you shrunk it down, it got really, really dark. And so you'd have to, we have to go through and airbrush all that stuff again. And, uh, but we did turn that out, um, you know, pretty quick. And, um, you know, and every once in a while, someone brings me those and they're apologizing because, you know, uh they're actually just bringing me a cover or something because you know they took every postcard out and stuck them on their wall and they're like apologizing you know we we're we're sorry you know anytime you bring those children's books or any of my books you know to me and they're all dog-eared and messed up and stuff and written in and all of that i think it's gorgeous and i think it's beautiful because it means it meant something to you you
0: know oh yeah i remember flipping through that postcard book and i remember actually i was somebody who was like Wanted to keep them all together, and I remember when yeah. ones would fall out, I'd be so upset about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, I hear I hear that that is the most expensive one, you know, uh, for you to buy uh, if you can find it, you know, like oh, wow. all together, you know. Um, I understand it's, so I don't know, just some ridiculous price, you know, for me to sign it because, you know, people do bring it. You know, to have it signed and everything, and then they they do that approval thing where they put it in the loose site or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. I never understood that man. Any any comic I ever had, I read the heck out of it. Copied every drawing, everything. I was never a you know collector guy. You know? Oh
0: yeah, I mean, I um, have.
1: I loved, I loved and I I loved anything I had, and I you know I used it up.
0: Oh yeah, same here. Like I, when I you know I, such a I was a big toy collector and still am. And like everything gets opened up and displayed and it's all, yeah. you know, well worn.
1: I mean, there was a guy that came to us uh, that every once in a while, you know, somebody comes to us with, you know, mint condition, everything, you know, forty years old or something. And I was kinda looking at him going like, This is really, really cool, but you know, do you have a therapist? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know Yeah. I uh you know, I um uh you know, I mean, gee whiz, you know, we, you know, we we did that stuff for you to play with it. Yeah, to enjoy those things, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I like doing now is, uh, you know, if you guys follow me on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff.
0: Uh, oh, please do, by the way. that's it, He has a great Instagram account of a lot of cool, like, Muppets art and turtle art, just like, and you work with Nancy and all these other great oh, things, yeah, like. Well, it's a great account from
1: Nancy after what 23 years in February you know yep um, but yeah you know what is one of my favorite things to do now is you know you know those funko pops yeah oh man it's so much fun you know people stack them up you know a hundred of them or something like that you know at these shows um, and you know I used to paint markers and stuff you know draw the turtles and stuff on the acetates those are those are so fun to do you know oh those are great yeah. and they're such Every once in a while, you know, like, I remember there was a guy, uh, and I love, you know, drawing the pictures and everything for you guys and signing, you know, this stuff. I'll tell you, one bad dude, though, um, just speaking of, like, mint condition stuff, right? So, when we did the original Hasbro uh, plushes for, you know, the Doozers and uh, Fraggles, right? Um, I know this is off Turtle
0: No, No, please, please. Good,
1: please. All right. So, you know, well, um, you know, uh, when I, when I painted those, you know, they were, they didn't have acetate on them. They were open. Well, the the Duzer one had acetate, but you know, uh, we always tried really hard to make everything fun. And so if you, so at the store, when they stacked up all the fraggles, um, uh, you know, uh, I had painted the boxes so that they made like a really cool interconnected picture. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. And I did the same thing with the doozers. Like when you stack them up, you know, like one doozer would be falling off of a little, you know, scaffolding or something. And there'd be another doozer in another package waiting to catch him. And if somebody dropped a wrench, you know, on one package, it'd be hitting the other doozer in the head on the other one, you know, and stuff. And all that but anyway so uh and i get a lot of folks and almost you know ninety nine point nine 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 nine, you know uh, percent of dentists uh recommend crest Uh, okay uh 99.9 percent of the people that come to me are just absolutely awesome people but you know there are these dudes that are liars okay (laughs) anyway so a guy so a guy comes up to me at a show last year and he had an absolutely perfect pristine um plush of uh one of the fraggles i think it was Moki. um in the box it was perfect right i mean everything is absolutely perfect and he's telling me you know and, and of course i charge you know for signing stuff and i don't charge a lot um uh you know, and, and like, if you have a really big turtle thing, you know, like the van and all the characters and stuff, like, you know, I'll, I mean, I'll Michelangelo that thing, you know, meaning, you know, we'll Sistine Chapel it for you, you know, (laughs)
0: um,
1: you throw down a few bucks. Anyway, and I love doing it for you guys. Anyway, this, this dude, Starts explaining to me that this is like an heirloom, and this is his most important thing, and he wants to hand it down to his son, and then his son's going to hand it down to his son, and da 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 da. You know, so can you know, give him a break on the signing and everything. And I'm like, you know, well, all right, all right. And, you know, can I take a picture with you and everything? This means the most to me in the whole wide world. Well, two three days later, I see that he got it put into the Lucite box and everything and he had it up for i don't know 1800 dollars online oh yeah of course yeah i hope his son Yeah, i hope his son you know really enjoys purchasing that for each (laughs) what was your
0: you do a lot of those really cool commissions and stuff too i'm curious what like like what are there any sort of like super weird ones or like that stick with you that you think like muppets or turtles but like any that really stick with you
1: well, you know, well, of course, I won't ever do anything you know like violent off color, sure and like that and 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 actually, I get very, very few requests, you know, for that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know what I really love doing um, uh, one of the things that I, uh, there there's two things that are really, really fun that I do uh, with the turtles, um, with the turtles, a lot of times people say, "Hey, would you draw me, you know, e- eating pizza with Mikey or something like that?" Yeah. Um, and I had a guy that had a security service and he, his favorite was, uh, Raphael. And he asked if, you know, I would draw Raphael with like a shield, you know, and everything with his lettering on it and, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And, um, and, and now, you know, you guys made this thing up two years ago called Muppetizing. You guys made it up, by the way, you started coming up to me saying, can you draw me as a Muppet? and I do it all the time now and it's so fun. Um but anyway, yeah, um uh some of the commissions uh some of the commissions that kind of stand out uh are are ones that uh that made me think a little bit, you know. Hmm. Uh, one was a fraggle this girl who uh was like dressed up like as real, you know, she was dressed up as like the really, you know, sexy harlequin, you know. Okay. And uh and i forget if she was in boston or philly she was somewhere on the east coast very very sweet girl anyway she was dressed up to the sexy harlequin and she asked me to draw red fragmo as harlequin and i'm like okay um but you know red's just cute and you know so i had to figure out a way you know to do red you know as harlequin and just make her absolutely sweet and adorable, you know, with a giant mallet. And that was really fun, and I liked how that came out. Um, And, um, uh, you know, and and people ask me for crazy things, like Beaker, you know, can be anything. Sure. Uh, I love it when I I did a Beaker Doctor Who, you know, a Kermit Doctor Who. Beaker, though, is great as anything. Yeah. He's been Indiana Jones <laughs> and, you know, and 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 all kinds of all kinds of crazy stuff. The one that I really took a while for me to wrap my head around and I'll post it in the next few days if I can find a picture of it. I was down at the Pen at Pensacon in Pensacola about three years ago I think and somebody asked me to draw Animal as the Joker.
0: Oh I've seen that I think on your on your Instagram. Yeah, it was- it's-
1: Hard to do because of the colors, right? You sure. Know, the white face and the, you know, and the red lips and the and, and the hair and everything, and to make it look like both, really, you know, that one took a while, you know, for me to kind of wrap my brain around. But I love doing that stuff for you guys. You know, doing commissions and things. Um, you know, a lot of the very best turtle art that I did, like you saw the one that I just did of the ooze. Yes. Did you see that
0: one? Uh, I think so. Oh, oh yes, it was like in the air. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was. Uh, we have a guy named Steven who I don't know. Probably he's got like ninety or ninety or, or eighty or ninety drawings by me by now. He's a huge turtle guy. Probably li- is listening to this cast right now. Hey, Steve, if you are. Um. Anyway, but uh, Steve got in touch with me and said, you know, guy, would you draw the turtles? You know, going into the radioactive ooze. And I'm like. Uh, okay, I'm gonna try to, uh, you know, but it seemed very boring. Mm. And, well, because the whole thing is a transformation, it takes place over time and all that, and, and, you know, and it was really just drawing, you know, four cute little turtles, you know, wandering around in, you know, uh, a, a bunch of green, you know, sticky bubble gum, you know, and, um, <laughs> you know, with a big thing that says radioactive on it. You know, um, danger, danger, Will Robinson. And anyway, so I said, well, I'll do it under on the condition that I can figure out a way to make it interesting. And um, so I let it marinate a, a few days. And, uh, and then I started doing the drawing. I called him up and said, yeah, OK, I figured it out. All right, I'm going to do it. And um, yeah, and so I had the fumes coming up, you know, from the radioactive stuff. And it turns into these ghostly images, you know, of the four turtles you know, all grown, you know, with their masks and everything. And that was a lot of fun to do. Uh, you know, first of all, you know, doing all the, the the cute little, you know, Walt Kelly-esque, you know, turtles and everything, um, you know, all sticky. And then doing the ghostly images. And that came from a commission. That came from you guys.
0: Oh, that's good. Cool. Yeah, I saw that one. And There's a lot of, like, really cool artwork. I, I know there's the one with them versus the Shredder, too, which is really great that you did recently. That, that's a great one. Oh, thanks, man. Was it Steve Levine he did that one?
1: one. I'm sorry? Did you do
0: that one with Steve Levine, I think?
1: Uh, Well, actually, no. Um, Well, uh, eventually. Okay. Um, uh, That was actually another commission. Um, There were two huge commissions that I did uh one had them in the clubhouse we haven't uh, colored that one yet but every once in a while i put that up on instagram and everything it's just it's hard to put on instagram both of those because there's so much artwork to them you know they're very large pieces um and you know instagram has its you know proportional limits but yeah well when i do those real big ones like that i actually try to tell an entire story in one drawing you know in the clubhouse it's all about you know where do these heroes disappear from are they good are they bad and this and that and um uh, in the clubhouse and on that particular piece you know we had all of the guys battling shredder but then i said well i want them to battle them you know in the sewer um and i'm gonna put you know april in trouble so i chained her up you know to a bunch of poison and tnt and all that kind of stuff in the background and um and instead of doing bebop and rocksteady because they were going to take up too much interest you know to the piece um i had the whole foot plan you know coming in the background you know to help out that was a real fun one to do and and it's sort of like you know uh, when i do those pieces i take a long time sometimes with them uh because i want to tell a whole story you know in one piece and then but steve you know i love steve and steve you know just one of my best friends and of course he art directed you know with you know with with peter and kevin you know up in northampton i was my own art director you know so we actually didn't work together but we were working on all the same stuff right and but steve and i you know uh, eventually met you know he's a fellow new englander uh, i was originally from new england i live in nashville now and uh, again go socks uh, <laughs> so steve But Steve, you know, mentioned to me quite a few times, man, I'd love to, you know, color one of your pieces and us do a jam piece. And I said, well, how about this one? And I showed him that one. And he went, oh, man, I'm so into this. And he absolutely slayed it. He did such a beautiful job. And, uh, you know, we did a limited edition on those. My, uh, the ones that I signed and he signed for me, I had a hundred of them. I think mine are all gone. Maybe Steve has some left, um, you know, that I signed that he's signing. But mine are all gone. Um, They came out great and we do post that quite a bit.
0: It's a beautiful one. That's really great.
1: Thanks. I hope that Steve and I get a chance to, uh, you know, do another one together. Maybe uh, the one that I was talking about that I'll post in the next week or two, uh, the clubhouse piece, uh, because again, uh, but he did kind of give me a lot. He said, man, you put a lot of lines and stuff into this thing. And I went, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for the fan's
0: sake, I hope you do more too. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, you know, before I, I, finish up, um, I wanted to see if you knew about this. So, in researching a little bit for the, before this, I found that one of your books, uh, the Turtle Ones, the ABCs for a Better Planet, ended up being really controversial in Canada. Did you know about this? Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if you could explain a little bit about this, what the whole story was. Uh,
1: I have no idea. To oh, be with you. sure. Um, uh. You know, we uh I, I never understood why, you know, um I, I never understand why anything is controversial, but um but honestly, um I didn't think too much about it, um and I still don't. Um because I'm I'm happy with everything that we you know, that we, we ever did. Um and uh I thought it was wonderful, um, because of course we did a lot of things, uh you know, Earth Day was brand new. Yeah. You know, pretty new, you know, only only about uh, ten years old, you know, when we did that book, and um, uh, and uh, I really enjoyed it because it was the same thing I was doing with the Muppets and the Muppet Babies and everything, you know, we were trying to, you know, keep this planet, you know, a better place, and I thought that it was wonderful that we had these superheroes that all the kids, you know, really, really liked, uh, you know, showing kids uh, you know, that it was, it, you know, it wasn't cool, you know, to litter, and, you um, uh, you know, and, uh, and it was cool, uh, you know, to be good to the environment. So I never really understood, you know, uh, the controversy, but I'll tell you, Brian, you know, um, when you're popular, um, and I've been, you know, popular, uh, uh you know, not everything that I've done, because you never know, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, I've worked on so many things, you know, probably a dozen projects with Jim that you barely even know. And some you don't know at all, you know, hmm. um, because, you know, uh, you work on projects and you never know whether they're going to make a splash or even a ripple out there. You just always do your best. And, um, but, you know, but when you are popular, um, it means that um, that folks are going to come out and they're going to criticize you in one way or another uh, for, you know, for doing your job. And, so you you know so of course anyone that that loves me and gives me great reviews is a genius, <laughs> and everybody that doesn't like me and gives me bad reviews, you know, is a bozo. And I think that that's the most mature way for me to look at <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I found this online and I was like, and I looked at it and it. So what did you? So what did you read online? I found a news clip on YouTube and it was, and it's a book about recycling, which is the funniest thing to be controversial. (laughs) But it was because it was, it mentioned like there, like it it wasn't like super favorable to beef. And these beef manufacturers were so concerned. I'm like, at what point is their business going to be affected by a book sold to seven-year-olds? Like (laughs) they're not buying beef. Like it was just ridiculous. But it was beef manufacturers oh, know, in Canada.
1: I'm really, really sorry, you know, that McDonald's doesn't like it. And maybe, you know, um, you know. I think we got by with the Green Bay Packers because the turtles and the Packers, you know, have the same uniform colors. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm real, real sorry, but I'm a vegetarian, and that's going to probably tick off some people in Canada too, okay? Uh, now, I'm, I'm, I am a vegetarian that sometimes eats fish, but if you say you're a pescatarian, to Annie, basically, to most people, they say, "Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, Father." <laughs> so, you know, I just say I'm, I'm a vegetarian, that sometimes eats <laughs> fish. And look, he- I'm really sorry for all of the beef guys, and um, you know, and if, if you know, and if you want to like me again. Go find an obscure ABC television show also done by Mirage Studios called Cowboys of Moo Mesa because it's a whole bunch of beasts <laughs> riding horses and they're mutated too. And here we are 30 years later and your little
0: book didn't crumble them. Go figure. Uh, <laughs> well, you out, know, really? Yeah, I found that and I was like, how is this possibly controversial?" It was the funniest thing.
1: Well, you know. Uh, it's just something uh, uh, you know I just did a brand new project and I hope that everyone listening will tell all of their friends Um, and please uh, this is going to be a commercial because if you love what I've done or you like it or you don't dislike it immensely um, uh, I I just created a new character called Buddha Bear and uh, Buddha Bear is a really adorable character, and, um, he teaches, um, and, uh, and has adventures with a little cricket that, um, it, by the way, the little cricket, you know, when crickets and grasshoppers, uh, rub their legs together, you know, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, uh, unless they're, you know, in corduroys, then it'll make a sound, you know, but they, they make a cricket sound, right? Rubbing their, you know, legs together. Well, this little cricket, um, it didn't work for him so he picked up a ukulele and his name is Danny and that's because George Harrison my favorite musician his son's named Danny and he's also an awesome musician and George you know had like the biggest ukulele collection in the world anyway um Buddha Bear um there's a coloring book and we're going to have a plush toy that's coming out and um and it's all about kindness and compassion and loving each other and taking care of each other and um it's a beautiful thing and if you go to uh you can find them on instagram at backpack buddha okay backpack buddha uh leaf and erica they're wonderful people um you know all of the cool stuff that when you guys meet me you know the beads and junk that i wear um um and of course and i do wear um a a little cross too because i'm a christian and uh, that's where this came up anyway um, so I, I wrote this beautiful book and we've already been able to present one to the Dalai Lama I mean how cool is that Wow. and I mean really truly I mean that was just amazing
0: Bob Clampett and the Dalai Lama how many people can say
1: that I mean it was just amazing um, uh, you know that, that it happened uh, it just so happened I was doing a. Uh, there's a profile that's coming out on me this month on the Voice of America uh, network um uh, profiling me and everything that i've been doing all of my life and um and anyway uh and when they saw the buddha bear and the coloring book by the way guys it's a hardcover coloring book made of rice paper and vegetable based um ink and uh it's beautiful and you can color it and it has meditation prompts and everything, and it's for kids and adults. It's really beautiful, and you're really, I think you're really going to love it. Anyway, we put the, um, and the only place you can get it is go to backpackbuddha.com, okay? You'll find links and stuff if you follow me, Guy F Gilchrist, or you go to A Guy Gilchrist Production on Facebook and stuff. You know, you'll find me and everything. But anyway, so this dude writes to me and says, I thought you were a Christian. What's this Buddha stuff? And I was kind of really, sort of taken aback. And I wrote to him and I said, "Hey, man, you know, uh, you know, Buddha showed up around 500 years, you know, um, before Jesus. And I think that Jesus and Buddha probably would have gotten along really, really well because we loved each other." We're supposed to love each other as we love ourselves and love ourselves as we love each other. And, you know, this world uh, was made by God and we're all, you know, whether we're little teddy bears, you know, walking around with, you know, mala beads or we're a frog or a turtle in a sewer, whatever it is, we're all equal. And we're supposed to take care of and protect each other. And I said, and God is love. And, you know, and that's all there is to it and i hope you'll enjoy it but i was you know criticized for that and i was kind of you know sort of taken aback you know by it um but you know brian i've been around a really long time and i've made more mistakes than anyone in the world you know because when you do 160,000 drawings or something somebody told me i thought that's how many i've done i find that rather ridiculous except that my arm is falling off and hanging on the ground right now (laughs) right <laughs> uh it's got about you know 300 billion miles on it um but somebody told me that 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 i've got you know that i've done that many drawings um you know when when you've been around um as long as i have you know no matter how hard you try you can't please everybody and uh, like ricky nelson said you know you can't please everyone so you gotta please yourself and um and i hope that uh you know, I, I hope that, you know, the kids that have grown up on me and the kids that are now growing up, you know, with my mother Babies, you know, Rebooted. Yeah. You know, and the, the, the turtles and all of that. Um, I hope that you guys enjoy what I did because we sure enjoyed doing it for you. We did it all for you. I'm not kidding. We really did. Uh, we love you guys. And we never wanted to insult your intelligence. We wanted to have fun and be silly, and do something that you were going to have fun with, and you were going to enjoy, and maybe, even without knowing it, it was going to teach you something.
0: Well, I, I, you know, from, on behalf of fans that grew up on your stuff, and really loved it, and it meant something to them, I want to say thank you, really, because it, it meant a lot to me, and still does.
1: Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it.
0: Uh, Guy, my only other question is, uh, do you have a favorite turtle?
1: You know um the easiest one well again it's whichever one i'm doing because i have to totally get into that character and um uh you know i drew a picture for you and i know that you know you guys don't have pictures on your podcast but i know that you'll be able to you know i drew you a picture of you know uh with your podcast you know uh with uh, turtle trails and you know raphael was being interviewed and, you know, Mikey, the clown, you know, is, is giving him the rabbit ears, you know, behind him and everything, and sticking his tongue out and everything. <laughs> out. And and so, you know, uh, he's always fun. You know, Mikey is always a blast because, um, because things can get, you know, grim, you know, in the stories sometimes. And, um, you know, and so it's always good, you know, to have that comic relief. And so... He's really the most fun, you know, to do, but I really like them all. And, and you know, and, and I think it was, I think that Kevin and Peter did a great, great job of giving all of the characters very distinct, you know, personalities um, so that they could uh, argue and everything just like brothers, but, you know, but, you know, but back each other to the hill, you know.
0: Well, I agree and and let me say I you know my my uh, anybody who listens to this podcast will see that artwork as the um as the identifier for it, but and I I'm incredibly grateful for it and you know I'm I'm really grateful for talking to you guy and thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Hey, Brian Turtle Power. Turtle Power, man. <laughs> the world's most fearsome fighting team. You, We're really here. They hero in the hat shell and the Hey, get a grip. The Leonardo leads, Donatello does machine That's a G- fact, G- yes. Raphael is cool, but rude. Give me a break. Michelangelo is a party dude.